Welcome to the Baseball America College podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. We're coming to you a little later in the week uh, this week because today we have a special National Signing Day edition of the college podcast. Signing Day, the, the, the period for players of the, in the 2019 class to sign their National Letter of Intent opened on Wednesday, and it lasts for about a week. I guess it is a week. And so to celebrate that, we this year, for the first time ever, released recruiting rankings for the class uh, as they sign. And to go along with that, we're going to have a few different coaches here on the podcast talking about their 2019 class. We've got Alabama's Brad Bohannon, Auburn's Butch Thompson, and Oklahoma's Skip Johnson. They're going to talk about their classes. Three of those coaches signed top 12 classes uh, this week. Very impressive for all three of them. Uh, you can check out the, the top 12. That's how deep the, these rankings go, and a dandy dozen, as it were. They're over at BaseballAmerica.com. Florida leads the rankings. It was a very close call between the Gators and Vanderbilt. They are number two. LSU is number three, and I felt like it was a pretty clear-cut top three. UCLA is number four. TCU checks in at number five. For the rest of that, check out BaseballAmerica.com, and our subscribers can get full reports with analysis uh, over there as well. So make sure you check that out. And you know, what I wanted to do with this podcast today is to have these coaches come on, tell us a little bit about their 2019 classes, what makes them special, and talk about some of the players in them. And in these classes, we have the top two players in the high school class. That's Bobby Witt Jr. He is headed to Oklahoma. And C.J. Abrams, who is headed to Alabama. So uh, we're, we're going to get these coaches to, to tell us about the groups, uh, a little bit how they came together, and uh, we'll, we'll hear a little bit about their 2019 teams as well because opening day is fast approaching. So we've got three guests, so let's just get to it. Uh, we will start here with Alabama's Brad Bohannon. All right, now on the signing day special of the, of the Baseball America College podcast, we welcome in Alabama coach Brad Bohannon. Alabama had the number 10 class uh, headlined by C.J. Abrams, who's the number two player in the country. And Bo, it's an impressive group, but I mean, just what, what do you think about, how excited are you to, to finally have the, this 2019 class uh, official? Teddy, I'm really fired up about this group. You know, when we all got hired, uh, last summer, the analogy I kept using, we were drinking out of a fire hydrant. And for our first group, the 2018 group, really we were just trying to go out and get who we thought were legit SEC-level players. You really couldn't worry about balance or anything like that. We were just, you know, with the accelerated recruiting calendar these days, uh, the summer going into the senior year, there just aren't a bunch of really high-level impact SEC players who haven't picked a school so we were just trying to gobble up the best players that we could find and now with the second group that we've put together we were able to to work on balance and that's why we've uh, tried to get some kids who are more athletic and more versatile and really focused on left-handed pitching and uh, I'm just really really excited about this group. Yeah I mean you mentioned it there when you get there obviously in the June of 17, 17's locked in they're about to show up on campus but even putting your stamp on 18 is hard because signing day is only 
four or five months away at that point. And, and I know you were able to do that, but I mean, do you feel like you and, and Jerry Zuli and, and your staff there uh, were able to really put this, your stamp on this 19 class at this point? Yeah, absolutely. You know, people ask me about recruiting and putting classes and teams together. And the, the word that I use all the time is balance. You know, you want to have left and right-handed hitting. You want to have left and right-handed pitching. You want to have some speed and athleticism. You want to have some power. And, you know, when you get hired, you don't know what your current roster is. I mean, you look at stats and video and, um, you know, it's just hard to, to truly know what they are until you're with them on the field for an extended period of time. So, um, you know, we were able in this 19 group to have a better idea of what our current roster was and then find some pieces that, uh, that really complemented what we already have on campus, and that's what we did in this 19 class. I mean, obviously one of the things that jumps about this class is C.J. Abrams, shortstop from Atlanta. He's the number two player in the class overall, um, you know, in the country. And, I, you know, he's, you talk about athleticism, he's got a lot of that. I mean, just what do you see in C.J. that has allowed him to, to kind of move to the head of the, head of the class? Yeah, C.J.'s the total package. You know, he's just extremely athletic and play anywhere on the field. Uh, when you can get a player that has a chance to be an above-average offensive player at a defensive position, you know, and that's C.J., um, he can stay in the middle of the diamond. I think he can stay short, at least at the college level. Uh, he's a way above-average runner. He doesn't swing and miss a bunch. Uh, and I think as his body continues to mature and develop it, he's going to hit with some power. So, um, in addition to all that, he's a fabulous young man, um, great kid from a great family, good student, uh, very humble, tremendous worker. So he, CJ is the, the type of young man and player that we're all tr looking for, uh, and he was an easy one to kind of build this class around. And, and Miles Austin, uh, I know he was committed a, a while ago uh, to Alabama as well, and another shortstop from the Atlanta area, a lot of athleticism. I mean, I guess that's kind of – what you guys are out there looking for is those kinds of up the, guys that can stay up the middle and, and provide those bats and the, that athleticism to, to the group. Exactly. You know, Miles is similar to CJ in that he's really athletic and can stay in the middle of the field. And uh, Miles has really come on in the past uh, several months, uh, has really developed and started to show uh, – more with the bat where you're, you're like, hey, this guy's going to hit for power. And that's why those two kids are, are ranked so high and why we're going to have to fight really hard uh, with pro baseball to get them to campus. But, hey, you're not going to get them to campus if you don't sign them. I know that for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. That is, that is one of the most important steps of the, in the whole process. You, you mentioned pitching and wanting to get better on the mound. And uh, So what, what about this uh, group pitching-wise are, are you uh, excited about? Well, we are really short on our current team of left-handed pitching. We've only got two kids on our club that have any substantial experience. So we knew once we got on campus for an extended period of time that we really had to focus on left-handed pitching. And what I like about Blake Bennett, Garrett Hester, and Connor Prelip is all three of those kids, they're strike throwers, and they can spin the ball. And if you talk to any college baseball recruiting coordinator, finding a left-handed pitching that – that has, uh, you know, a curveball in place is really, really hard. You know, those guys are like the, the defensive tackles or the 6'10 guy that can, you know, handle the ball and shoot. They're just few and far between. So really excited about all three of those kids. And they're, because they throw strikes and they have breaking balls, 
uh, and they're all pretty mature from a competitive standpoint. I, I really think that all three of those kids, to some degree, are going to be able to help us right away. In Tuscaloosa, obviously, there's a football team that's pretty used to signing number one, number two classes in the country. And I mean, but if you look at baseball historically, you guys haven't been there. And I know you weren't there for you know before 2017. But I mean, do you feel like now with the the 18 class that we rank number 15 in this group, which um, you know, we'll see where it shakes out when they get there in the fall, but it has the makings of a really strong class, at least. You know, do you feel like there's some momentum that, that you guys have built in the, your short time there? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the first thing I'd like to say is um, Jason Jackson and Jerry Zuli are just outstanding at what they do. And, you know, when I put the staff together, I, I knew it was really important to, uh, to hire people that are really good at both coaching and recruiting. And, uh, Jerry Zuli, Jason Jackson, and, and myself, we were all recruiting coordinators in our previous positions. So uh, I, I th- you have to have good players to win. You know, good players make good coaches, and you got to do a good job of, of coaching and developing as well. Um, but, you know, Alabama is a place that, sh- that should attract really high-level baseball players. We're in the Southeastern Conference. We have an amazing facility. It's a true national brand because of what our football program has accomplished. Uh, it's a great social life, the football experience. Uh, this is just a great place to be a college kid, and then you add in the SEC baseball experience. Um, I just think we have a tremendous product to sell. And in Alabama, you know, we've had 66 Major League Baseball players. We've been to the College World Series five times. So if you look over a 30- or 40-year period, there's a tremendous amount of tradition here and a ton of great players and great teams that uh, you know have been here and there's no reason that we we shouldn't be there again are you able to take a breath and relax uh, and look back at the 18 class or do you or the 19 class excuse me or, or does that not take place until they uh get through the draft yeah you, you know you do take a few minutes today uh, and kind of pat yourselves on the back we're really really excited about this group that's very genuine and um we just had a bunch of them here for their official visits, and they're just awesome kids. And um, you, you do take a few minutes to celebrate, but um, there's not a lot of time to relax and pat yourself on the back in this conference, especially in the SEC West. So, um, you know, once the kids, once we get through the draft and get a better idea of, of how it shakes out, then, um, you know, there'll be a whole nother level of appreciation. But, uh, you know, we're proud of this group. Absolutely. And, you're finishing up fall ball recently, and uh, you know as you look ahead to 2019, what excites you about uh, the Crimson Tide that uh, are going to be on the field this spring? Teddy, we've made some real progress, and we're noticeably better, and we won't know how much that's going to show up in the win-loss column until we get until the season starts and we really get into league play. But um, our culture is good. I love our kids. We've got a lot more depth. We're way better, and we're going to put a very, very competitive product on the field this spring that our fans are going to be excited about. And you have some age on this team, some experience, like you mentioned. I mean, there there are several returning players, and I know some people might look at that and say, well, they finished at the bottom of the SEC. What does returning experience really matter? But you do have a lot of experience back to, and in the SEC especially, that really matters because they know what to expect now. Especially on the mound. So you'll see a bunch of new faces out in the field, but we do have some experience on the mound and uh, a bunch of older kids that have been through the league and that are strike throwers. And we're counting on some new pieces to have some big significant roles, and those kids have 
they've grown pretty quickly and you know we need these the jc kids we brought in need to play like seniors and the the freshmen need to play like sophomores and we need for that to happen in march not not in may <laughs> uh, but we're excited about this group and you know the sec is going to be as tough as ever um it'll be a real challenge but um you know if you win your share of games in this league then it means something and that's exciting Absolutely. Well, it'll be exciting to see Alabama this year and, and then into the future as uh, this 2019 class arrives on campus uh, next, next summer and fall. And Bo, I know it's a busy day, so I'm going to wrap this up here. I, I just really appreciate you, uh, you taking some time to, to join us and, and uh, tell us about the, the Alabama 2019 class. Well, thank you, Teddy. I appreciate you and what you do in Baseball America do for college baseball and um, appreciate you recognizing this group. Thank you so much, Bo. All right. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks again to Bo. Uh, that was a great breakdown of the Alabama class. It's very interesting, uh, and I'm excited to see what Alabama is able to do going forward in recruiting with, with uh, Brad Bohannon leading the way, Jerry Zuli and Jason Jackson uh, on staff as assistants. Like he said, all three of them have experience as recruiting coordinators, and I mean, Alabama has a great stadium there in Tuscaloosa to sell to. Like he said, it's a national brand. Alabama has not recruited at you know a high, high level. They've recruited well uh, in previous years, but they haven't been one of these elite recruiting schools for a variety of reasons. And I feel like with that staff, that can start to change a little bit. And you know, as the Crimson Tide try and dig out of the cellar of the SEC. Uh, that's going to be crucial that they do because everyone else in the SEC West and the SEC in general is loading up. Uh, they're all getting first rounders to campus, or, or it feels like that anyway. And so you know you got to you got to catch up to that, and, and that's what Alabama's trying to do, and that's what this class can do in part for them. And uh, you know we'll see where it goes after uh, after the draft, of course. But right now it looks like a really strong group. Uh, so let's just keep it in the state of Alabama now. Slide over to Auburn, where Butch Thompson will tell us about their class. Uh, Auburn ranked number nine uh, in the rankings, and it, it's another exciting group. And they're another school that historically hadn't recruited at a super high level, uh, always recruited well, but hadn't brought in top 10 classes necessarily consistently. And that's starting to change, and you're seeing the results on the field. Uh, Auburn, of course, Made it to a super regional last year and very nearly upset Florida in Gainesville to, to reach the College World Series. So the results are showing at Auburn under Butch Thompson and uh, you know this 2019 class really fits in with what they've been doing. So uh, let's hear from Butch about this uh, Auburn recruiting class. Now to the uh, special signing day edition of the Baseball America College podcast. We welcome in Auburn coach Butch Thompson. Auburn signed today the number nine ranked recruiting class. Pretty impressive group again there on the Plains. Butch, how's signing day treating you so far? Uh, we're excited. You know, we've been building a relationship just like all these other great schools for a year and a half, two years with these guys. And, you know, we brought this whole group in for Texas A&M football game, I guess, a week or so ago. And uh, to have all those families start really feeling that connection of all being together and then uh, the last couple of days getting these scholarships uh, sent to them and see that excitement of these signing parties, for them to get to this finish line, so to speak, of 
making it official to be part of our program. Uh, it's an exciting day for us. You guys picked a pretty good uh, football game for that official visit weekend, too. <laughs> <laughs> we did. You know, we had, uh, you know, double-digit families come in for one weekend. It was hectic. But, you know, it's one thing for these players to get to know your coaches more, to get more comfortable on campus. Um, but then it's a whole nother level when they all come in together. I think it gives the moms time to bond with other moms that they're going to be on this journey with together. Definitely the players. You can just start seeing them hang out and build those relationships. So I give Carl Nutemaker, you know, our recruit coordinator, all the credit of just bringing all these families together before the signing, you know, before today. I just think it creates a connection and a bond for these guys that are going, you know, wear that Auburn uniform and compete together over the next few years. Absolutely. Certainly a special time uh, for the players. You guys, uh, since you got to Auburn a few years ago, I mean, you really hit the ground running in recruiting. You've had three straight top 25 classes, and now this 2019 group seems like another uh, really good group, and we'll see where it lands after the draft, but I would have to imagine that's going to end up being four straight. And, and Auburn's not a place that really historically had signed those kinds of classes, uh, you know, that many in a row anyway. Uh, what what kind of allowed you to find your footing so quickly on the recruiting trail at Auburn? Uh, hopefully, our, you know, our experience, our relationships, uh, our Rolodex, if you will, uh, connections. Once, you know, Auburn's a special university, a special place. You know, it's in a good geographical location where we're positioned. Um, I, I think, you know, well-documented of where our league stands in the space of college baseball right now, being part of the Southeastern Conference. Um, I just started selling, you know, how good our school is to make sure baseball people were aware. Um, started thinking about what's possible at Auburn. And, you know, somebody like Frank Thomas is the only Hall of Famer from our from our historic conference. It's pretty amazing. And then, you know, we hit the ground running, got some families to trust and believe in what we're trying to do. Um, and we sell our schedule. Uh, we sell development. Uh, we think all that can happen here at Auburn. And then, you know, that was a huge shot in the arm for us last year to see the development of Casey Mize all the way to 1-1, you know, be the first pick in the draft. So we, we think things are possible. Uh, we're trying to sell, you know, guys to aim high and a great development because there's so many great coaches and players and teams in our league. And, we, you know, we want to be, be part of that. And once, you know, these guys roll through here and see, you know, how good a school we have and a campus environment and college setting. Uh, we just had some really good baseball players and their families, uh, you know, believe in what we're doing. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned Casey, and I, that kind of leads into our next question. Great segue on your part. Um, you know, you've had in the last few classes kind of an elite arm come in, and Casey might not have had the notoriety that some of these other guys did coming out of high school, but you string together Casey and then Davis Daniel, Tanner Burns, Garrett Wade's a freshman there now, and Hayden Mullins can be that guy, it would seem like, uh, in this 19 class. I mean, do you feel like like Hayden fits into the, that uh, line of, of pitching you've had? We do, 100%. You know, we think these, are, these guys are going to have to turn down seven figures, and Hayden might be in that same case, you know, if he, if he comes out and does what he's capable of this spring and I, I, his draft stock to me from communicating, from watching and evaluating is just risen. You know, we have been fortunate, you know, Casey was, was here when I arrived on campus 
but I think just Casey's development really helped us. You know, the last two Gatorade players of the year in the state of Alabama have been Tanner Burns, and we know he commanded seven figures. Garrett Wade was last year's Gatorade player of the year in the state of Alabama. We know he commanded and would have been able to achieve that seven-figure status. For those guys to come to school and think Auburn needs to be part of their journey, that delayed gratification before entering professional baseball is powerful to us. And, you know, it's one thing to get those guys to sign on, you know, their national letter of intent on signing day. It's another thing to really acquire those guys and get them on campus for, for three years. That's powerful. Davis Daniel has done it. He's, you know, he, he came to campus. And then last year he was sophomore draft eligible, had another chance to go out and, all these guys want to play professional baseball. You know that. I know that. Um, I just, you know, I, I'm so thankful that they have enough trust in our program to think that coming through Auburn and playing in the Southeastern Conference and developing with us is helping them achieve that ultimate goal that they all have. And Hayden Mullins fits that script of trying to get that, you know, that top recruit um, to see that playing in the SEC will only help him you know, obtain his dreams down the road. For sure, for sure. I mean, there are also a lot of middle infielders in this group that you're bringing in. Uh, I guess chief among them, uh, Gunnar Henderson. At, you know, with Will Holland being a, a junior this year, looks like he'll go out probably in the first round. Uh, I mean, was that a point of emphasis, trying to find some guys that, that can come in and play up the middle? It is. Um, it you know, and Gunner's a special talent, so he leads our position player group, just like you can probably talk about Hayden Mullins being at the top of the pitching list and being left-handed and throwing in the low 90s. And uh, Gunner Henderson's one of those where, you know, every one of these national events that he attends, you know, his body's second to none. And, you know, it's a, it's a great bat. Got a chance to project and play on the left side of the infield. You know, he's an in-state uh, acquisition for us, so... Uh, Gunner is very highly thought of, and he'll be in the same boat um, as Hayden Mullins. So how much does he value the college experience, you know, and playing in the SEC? But we, we're signing a lot of infielders, and that, that's more into the blueprint of our recruiting with, you know, probably Auburn in, in the positioning of our 14 SEC schools maybe being at the bottom of how much scholarship money and aid we actually have to offer. So that's really put an emphasis on what we're trying to do is being as good as we can close to home plate. And that most definitely starts on the mound, behind the plate at catcher, and then we immediately go to left side infielders because we think if we can acquire somebody like Gunnar Henderson, um, Mason Greer from Collierville Heritage High School out in Texas. You know, his dad played in the big leagues a long time with the, with the Rangers. Getting these types of infield type players to come in our program. Travis Odom from uh, from Tennessee is another one that comes to mind. They have an opportunity to play in shortstop that they can move to these other positions if needed, uh, whether it's to third base or second base or even to the outfield. Just signing these type of athletes really helps us in our in our minds stretch our recruiting dollars. I mean, you're talking about versatility there, and you got Nathan LaRue, another uh, Alabama kid, who has a lot of it. He can play catcher. He can go out to the outfield. You can get him on the mound. Uh, I mean, just what kind of athlete is Nathan, and, and how do you kind of envision him fitting in over the next couple years? Yeah, I, I, 
appreciate you mentioning him because Nate might be the most exciting guy on the board. We feel like that's a guy that could be able to step on the mound and, and throw 90 miles per hour or higher. Uh, his ceiling is so high as an athlete, uh, could catch. Um, he just could play. You know, that's what's neat about him potentially coming to school is it allows him to take a, another few games. It allows him to take another 150, 200 ball games to figure out his position for the next level, whether it's on the mound, behind the plate, or somewhere on the field. Just finding that type of athlete and what he potentially could bring to our program might make Nate LaRue, you know, one of the top one, two, or three signees that we're able to get today. Absolutely. I mean, when you go about putting a group together, I mean, what you you mentioned, you you like left side infielders on the mound. And I mean, when when you see it starting to come together, you got all the boards in your office and, uh, you know, I know Carl's running out to, to games and you're running out to recruit. I mean, just when it all comes together on a day like today, I mean, just what kind of emotions do do you have on on a signing day? Uh, just Nate, I you know I sent a group text and just told them how honored I was to sign my name to their scholarship papers yesterday, and just the responses you get back from players and uh, how excited they are too. Because when you start this recruiting a recruiting cycle, and this is man, some of these classes uh, have been worked on for since we got here, basically. Some of these guys were acquired the first year, at least got a commitment from them. First year we were here, and we've been developing a relationship for multiple years. And to get to an end point and to see them still excited about, you know, signing their name and finally connecting to our program means a ton. You know, first thing in recruiting for us is we get who we are, not always who we want. There's so many great coaches and programs and that it's, it's so competitive in the recruiting world now more than ever. And to have these guys of this this level of player that these guys are to really, you know, commit to our school is a big deal to, to, to me as a coach, to them as a family, to these guys as players. And uh, they're excited because Nate LaRue and Gunnar Henderson are, man, they're close. And Hayden Mullins coming down and visiting with them and played some with Travis Odom and all these guys get together, you know, they're kind of lock shields together and have this quality of, of class for them to, to lock shields and want to be at Auburn. There's no doubt. There's no way to not make this an exciting day for all of us. Yeah, that, that's got to be fun to see it, it all come together. And I mean, the program as a whole, I feel like you guys have a lot of momentum. You're coming off of a, a huge season. It was your first Super Regional since 1999. Uh, you mentioned Casey Mize going number one overall. You know, and, and then it kind of had a heartbreaking ending there in Gainesville in uh, Game Three with the the walk off home run from Austin Laneworthy, did that leave guys hungry and maybe make it easier to move into, you know, fall ball and, and, and look ahead to 2019? Or, or how, how did that affect, you know, this current gr- group of Tigers? You know, I just, I, you know, I tried to sell a couple of things. One, if you want to, you know, we're the last team not to qualify for Omaha, I believe. I think the whole country seemed like they were sitting there watching our game with Florida in that Super Regional Game 3 in, you know, late that night and uh, for that to be extra innings. And it did. It, it's heartbreaking. And, I, you know, I, they know that. I know that. I don't think I can sell that any other way. But, man, if we want to get to the point where we're playing for, you know, we're trying to aim as high as possible. So we feel like it's a failure because that team was really interested in trying to, you know, get to Omaha, Nebraska. So, I do not want to change the goal of our players, and we're going to aim as high as, po- as we possibly can each and every year. But 
this has been a different fall for us. We we brought in 18 new players, um, um, so we've been trying to get connected and mold and getting everybody on the same page. So it's been a little bit of a grind. And we we love our talent. We did lose some, you know, some great infielders, guys that meant a lot to the program. But we love the talent level. We probably need a little more time to create synergy with the ball club. So. We leave a little bit on the table as we go to the break here and come back to January with still some work to do. But, you know, we're led by those four freshman All-Americans. That was a number four recruiting class. When you start going Stephen Williams, Edouard Julian, and then Tanner Burns and Cody Greenhill, the two on the mound. So, you know, I think that led the country last year with four freshman All-Americans. So those guys have got to step up and lead and, and help a new group of ball players come in here and then, we think that group that's on campus now and with the guys that we acquired today kind of put us in a good position to be competitive. I know the June draft will have something to, to say about that, you know, in the months to come. But being able to leave the last two classes coming into our program and with those four freshman All-Americans I just mentioned being here for, for two more years, they really have a chance to impact our program for, you know, three, four, five years down the road. Absolutely. It will be exciting to watch Auburn this spring and, and then into the future as this 2019 class arrives on campus uh, next summer and fall. So, Butch, I know it's a busy day for you, so I'm going to let you go, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to join us here on the Baseball America College podcast. Well, thank you, Teddy, for what you do for college baseball. Thanks for uh, getting with us today and sharing in our happiness of the, this, this new recruiting class. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Butch. Thank you again to Butch Thompson for joining us here on the Baseball America College Pod. Uh, the National Signing Day special edition rolls on. Got one more coach for you here today, and that is Oklahoma's Skip Johnson. Oklahoma signed the number one player in the country. That's Bobby Witt Jr., and he's a very exciting, uh, legitimately five-tool player. Uh, right now, it, he's signing with Oklahoma. It's an exciting time for the Sooners as they're coming off a strong season, as they made a regional final. And, and this class, it, it's more than just Bobby Witt Jr. He's really, really good, but the rest of this group, is, it's a really solid class behind him. And uh, let's hear from, from Coach Johnson about the, the Sooner signees. Oklahoma coach Skip Johnson here. And Skip, uh, you've got a, an impressive group, an impressive class. Uh, we ranked at number 11 here. And this is kind of your first full class as a head coach. I mean, I know Last year was a, a class where, where you were the head coach for, but uh, you'd only been promoted a few months before then. This this year, it seems like you would have had more time to really sink your teeth into this class. Is that is that kind of a fair assessment of where you're where like this class is versus last year? For sure. I mean, I think that that's a great assessment of it. You know, when we got here, uh, we we I got the head job, and we had some guys that were committed. But you know, as far as when Clay Van Hook and uh, Clay Overcash got the jobs, and Clay Van Hook's a recruiting coordinator, and Clay Overcash helps him with it. I think that was the biggest difference, you know, uh, of them getting to see the guys that were already committed, and then see, you know, go out and find the 19 class, and and that's what they've done, and they've done a great job of doing that. Well, when we look at your class, obviously it all kind of starts with Bobby Witt Jr., the number one player in the high school class, uh, signing with you guys, and. He's been famous for a long time. His father played in the big leagues, so there, there's good baseball family there. And uh, I mean, Bobby has like true five-tool potential. What, what do you see from Bobby that excites you when you watch him? 
I think his passion, how hard he plays, how the game is easy for him, uh, I think those things are uh, what's really fun to watch with him. Uh, I mean, the tools are there. I mean, a lot of uh, uh, times as scouts and as coaches, we get all the tools right. It's the intangibles, how, you know, what he does with two strikes at the plate, uh, how he, how he um, comes and gets the ball on, a, on an infield that's not a – that's uh, is not a good infielder, you know, how he is always in the right place playing away from the ball. I think those things are uh, things that excite you as a, uh, as a, a guy that has watched baseball and as a traditionalist that he, he, he plays it with so much passion that, you know, guys drive hours to watch him play because he's so good at it. Can you tell, uh, from that, that that his dad, you know, that he grew up around the game, that his dad had a, a big influence, and in, in, as a as an ex pro, you know, helping him along and, and learn the game. No doubt. I mean, you can see that in his presence and how he goes about it. Um, you know, the the toughness and the courage, the things that uh, he goes and uh, uh, you know attacks the ball offensively and defensively. You can see those things that you know. You can see that, but you can see the uh, trademark of uh, Bobby Wood Senior. I mean, I've known him a while now, and uh, um, and just watching that guy pitch and how he attacked the mitt, and and you watch uh, Junior. I mean, how he goes about the game. You know, there's a professional approach. He, how he pays attention to where where the guy hit the ball, uh, the, the bat before, or uh, uh, you know, the guy how he's not going to get out the same way twice. I mean, you see those things that you normally don't see in a, in a player. When was the first time you saw uh, Junior play? Uh, probably when he was 14 years old. And I was at the University of Texas at that time. And uh, you could see how good he was. I mean, you know, we've, we've come so far in baseball that we've started watching him such an early age. There's a good and a bad with that. We all know that. But I think that's the thing that you could see that the development of what he was going to be as he was coming through the process of, of growing up. Now, beyond Bobby, there's a lot of athleticism among the position players in the class, and especially among there are a lot of infielders in this group. Is, is that something you guys were looking for, to, to have athleticism, especially on the position player side? I think, you know, watching, uh, you know, with uh, Coach Van Hook being an infielder and, you know, the places he's been and then, Clay Overcash being a scout, I think the athleticism is where we're trying to get to. I mean, I've been to Omaha. You're, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to go to Omaha and win uh, the College World Series with guys just banging the ball. You got to have guys that are athletic because that field's so big. And I think that was, that's always a difference. And when you try to recruit and, and what we sit down and we're trying to add our culture and. And, and, and providing our culture as guys that are athletic. So you're going to go out and try to find middle infielders that if you have to move guys around, that they're athletic enough to do that. And most middle infielders are the best players on high school teams and, and summer league teams. So you move those guys around, and that's kind of how you build your team. Now, you're a pitching guy. Uh, there's some exciting pitching, exciting pitchers in this class, but what, who or, or what about them excites you uh, at, to get your hands on them? Uh, you know, they can do three things. They can uh, 
locate two pitches, uh, field their position, and home run. And those things are what's exciting about those guys, that they have some pitching ability that when they come in here, they're very competitive. That's what we, we look for. Um, you know, that's a standard that Coach Seymour and Coach Co- Cochelle set before I even got here. You, you see the guys that were in here before, you know, that, that pitched here. And so we're trying to look to carry that standard on and, and having good arms that are, that are, have the courage and the toughness to pitch in a ballpark like this. This ballpark is really not conducive for pitching. It's more conducive for offense. But uh, we've done a pretty good job over the last couple of years with the pitching and that we've had guys that went out and, and could do, you know, throw two pitches for strikes, hold runners, and fill their position. So, uh, you know, with the, with the rows of way uh, pitching's going on today's world, is, you know, the, you try to get a starter that's going to give you five or six innings, and then you try to set up the back end of the bullpen to where uh, gives yourself a chance to win. And uh, uh, that's what we're trying to do with this pitching staff and, and the pitching staff that we have on campus. Both in this class and, and on your team now, you've got players kind of from all over the place. I mean, obviously that Texas, Oklahoma area is always going to be very, very important to you guys. But, you know, I mean, Jake Irvin was from Minnesota and you, you guys go up north sometimes to get players. You guys go out west sometimes to get players. I Just how important is that? kind of more national or, or larger regional approach uh, for you guys in recruiting? Well, I think it's huge. I mean, with, you know, uh, uh, Coach Overcash being a scout for, you know, 18 years with the White Sox and, and being, being able to knows everybody in the country, me being uh, a college baseball coach for 28 years, knowing a lot of people in the country, and Coach Van Hook, the same thing of going out when he was with Rice trying to find guys that could fit into their program and knowing different areas and then trying to get those guys to come in and understand what the pride of Oklahoma is and, and the magic in that. And so, uh, you know, the common goal for what we're trying to do as a team and the culture is to provide guys that are, you know, selfless. And uh, uh, the things that you go to great programs, whether, you know, being uh, in Chicago are coming from California or from Texas or really from our own home state where, you know, some, uh, you know, A and 2A and 3A baseball, they play year-round. It's pretty amazing and it's fun to watch because uh, those kids are are really good. And, uh, uh, well, we, you know, we try to hit our own state hard and heavy and, and try to win our state. And then we go to Texas and try to get who we need that is going to help our team out of Texas. And wherever our needs are, we're just going to try to get the guy that's going to come in here with the right attitude that's played in a, in a program that understands what winning's about and commitment's about and hard work's about. Your background is in junior colleges, in addition, like uh, your early coaching days, junior college. I, what's the difference between signing day when you're a junior college coach versus when you're, you're now the head coach at Oklahoma? I think the difference in signing day for uh, junior college is, you know, you start in January the 15th or so when I was there and it went all the way out and how it's transitioned. I mean, I can remember uh, having a typewriter in the back of my truck going to games and typing a scholarship up and having a guy sign it right there. And today we've, we've 
gotten so much further that you can send a letter of intent in by a picture on a phone. And so it's uh, changed a lot, but the signing days were, you know, you waited uh, until the uh, the draft and follows were over with, and then you waited till uh, the four-year schools, the guy couldn't make it, something either happened with her grades or he just didn't get enough innings to pitch or he wasn't ready to pitch at a Division One school where at a four-year school you're trying to get guys that are going to be acclimated as soon as they walk in here and, and they're polished. You know, you try to get four or five guys that uh, uh, on the mound that, that are, you know, they might need one thing that you can polish and you try to get the athletic uh, in middle infielders and the outfielders to where – you can transition those guys into different position and in the corner guys. It's exciting when you have a class like our class and not team classes. You see the athleticism and you see the grit, you see the strength if all of them get to school, you know, and you can see it transition as we go through this. And I think that's going to be the uh, tall tales. How many of these guys are going to get to school when at the end of the day, uh, when July the 15th rolls around? Yeah, that is that is always the uh, the big question. One non-signing day related thing I, I wanted to ask about is is just watching Kyler Murray this fall on the football field. I mean, you had him all spring, uh, so you got to see him up close doing that. But what's it been like this fall to watch him play quarterback at Oklahoma? Well, you you see the athleticism and what kind of athlete he is, and a lot of people don't you know really don't understand. Uh, what type of athlete he was because, you know, Ted, he'd show up at 535 for a 630 game from football practice. Wouldn't take, wouldn't take infield, throw back in practice, go out there and get a couple of hits. And you could see, you know, when he started practicing with us as a team, oh, it was really good. He wants to be great. He doesn't want to be good. He wants to be great. And he practices that way. And he, and he makes it game like, even in his BP, when he takes fungo in the outfield, he's transitioning into that guy. And, you know, for me to watch him play football is, I know football is really, he understands that. You know, I've talked to him several times like, hey, you know, I don't know a lot about football. I'm like, hey, what kind of defense are running? Man, he, he'll throw it off like really quick. Or what are, we, what are you going to do here? And, and in a lot of our meetings, I would – you know, try to uh, bring up with him as uh, our team meetings, hey, you're the starting quarterback. We've got to do it this way. You know, we're going to, we're going to, you, you got to be able to handle your your details just like you would as a starting quarterback. And it, it helped, it helped him as a player and just kind of get out of his way and let him be who he's going to be as a player. Yeah, he was absolutely special uh, on the baseball field and watching him on the football field. It's, it's pretty impressive as well. And, uh, well, time will tell if any of these uh, players that you signed today can be like that. But you know, it, it seems like an exciting time in the program. I mean, last year uh, you, you made regionals, uh, you know, made, made the nice run in the Big 12 there. And I, do you feel like you have momentum now going into 2019 as, as opening day approaches? Yeah, I mean, our nucleus of our, of our team right now are really good. Um, we've got to get better in a few areas, which, you know, the, if we take, pay attention to the fundamentals of the game, I think we can do that. Um, the 19 class is going to help a lot. Uh, last year was uh, we got the taste of, of, you know, we lost in the regional championship game. But what was so unique about that was we didn't have two 
we didn't have our three and four row hitters in that game. There's no excuse. But who who was to ever say the attitude and the culture was awesome because they just went out and played baseball and they got us to a certain point and it was beautiful. And you know, if who knows how far we'd have gone with the if having Kyler and Steel Walker in your lineup, you never know. But we didn't use that as the excuses, not a player one, not a coach one. And that was what really drove the culture in our program and to get better and to play the game in the process of uh, uh, the fundamentals of the game. And that's what we talk about. We talk about what do we, what did we learn? What gift did that team give us either winning or losing? What gift did they give us? And I think that's the big separation for us. And I think that's huge. And, and, you know, with what Lincoln Riley and, and us did last year together, you know, of Kyler being going through spring football, you just don't see things like that in college sports anymore. You know, uh, um, I never forget this moment we had, and we're fishing to go to TCU, and we're going to play them. And he had practice, and I called Lincoln the week before, and I said, "Hey, Lincoln, uh, we're going to we're going to need Kyler. I mean, he's a very important. He's our four hole hitter now. We're, gonna, you know, Lincoln says, "Hey, uh, I looked at your deal. We moved practice up on our uh, uh, stuff." Uh, so he's going to be able to make that game. For him to do that and to help our baseball program is a is a selfless thing from a football standpoint, you know. And I thought that was really the culture of the University of Oklahoma athletic department was is huge, you know. It's it's awesome. Absolutely. I mean that that was incredible to watch last year. And I mean, like you mentioned, you were banged up going into that regional, and it's still almost uh, wound up in a super. So. I mean, it feels like it's going to be an exciting spring in Norman this year, and uh, we're going to be looking forward to seeing it. Yeah, it's going to be fun, and uh, we just got to have the right attitude and go out and play within the fundamentals of the of the game. I mean, that's what I learned that from the details of Coach Garrido being around him for ten years. It's uh, you know we were we were watching clips on him this morning, and it's uh, it's fun to to reminisce a little bit from from what he I learned from him and. And, and I think our coaching staff is really good with Coach Overcash. And, you know, we added Brett Benoit as our volunteer. I think that's going to help a lot. He was the head coach at Abilene Christian. He's done a great job with the outfielders this uh, fall. And, and we'll see how, what this happens in the next few years. Absolutely. Well, Skip, I know today is a busy day for you, so I, I don't want to keep you too long. Thank you very much for joining us here on the Baseball America College podcast. Thank you, Teddy. Thank you again to Skip Johnson for joining the Baseball America College podcast. Uh, I'm having fun with this signing day stuff. Uh, I I really enjoy recruiting. Um, That's one of the the things that we do here a lot in the fall. Obviously, we we rank the classes when they get here, when they get on campus uh, in the summer and the start of the fall. And uh, now we're, we're looking at them here as they sign, as the 2019 group signs on signing day. And the reality of baseball is that there is a draft between signing day and the start of their freshman year and that a lot of that major league baseball will draft kids and that they will not end up going to college and that these rankings that we're going through right now you know might end up looking a little different when we revisit them in the fall when we see who gets to campus but i think it is it was a useful exercise for me to to go through and look at these classes now 
and you know to celebrate what 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 these schools have done to to assemble the classes and um, I, I think that when you look at this, yes, the the the, the very best players in these groups might not make it to campus. Though we, every year we see surprises like Kumar Rocker and JT Ginn and Matt McLean. But the best classes combine both that kind of star power with more depth. So I, you know, I, I think all 12 of these classes that you can read about over at BaseballAmerica.com, yes, they have players in them who are significant draft risks. But I think that even once you take away those players, that these classes are going to hold up pretty well and that they're all going to be ranked in the top 25, most of them very, very highly uh, when we look at these rankings again next fall when the kids get to campus. So I, 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 I'll be interested to see exactly how this shakes out. We've never done this before. Uh, so I, we'll just have to, we'll have to see where it ends up after, after this season. But I, my belief is that, that these classes are more than just a few star players. That's, I, I think that you have to look at the depth of recruiting classes in general, that it can't just be about stars. It's got to be about depth because that's a huge part of how you win in college baseball. It's not, you can't win with just one or two star players. You need a whole roster. So that's what these recruiting classes uh, you know, are going to feed into. We're, we're going to be seeing them on, on college campuses uh, next fall. And for the next few years after that, they're going to be the, the lifeblood of, of these programs. And uh, we'll see We'll see how their careers unfold from here. But today uh, and this week, as, as everyone uh, continues to sign, it's, it's more about a celebration of uh, their careers reaching this point and, and uh, you know, looking forward to see what they might become in the next few years over the course of their college careers. So thank you all for listening. Thank you to our co- the coaches for joining us here today. Remember to check out the, the 2019 recruiting rankings over at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, where you can find plenty of other content, our top 10 rank, uh, prospect rankings for each, organi- each major league organization. Uh, those roll on, and uh, that's all building to the Baseball America Prospect Handbook, which you can pre-order at shop.baseballamerica.com. So make sure you, you check out all of that. I believe we will have another college podcast next week. That is Thanksgiving week. I would very much like to. Uh, we will see how that unfolds. If we are not back next week, we will be back the following week. So make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever your favorite podcast app is. And while you're there, rate us, review us, let us know what you like, what you don't like. You can find me on Twitter to do the same thing. I am at Ted Cahill. And uh, make sure you're subscribed so you can get the next edition of the Baseball America College podcast. I'll talk to you then. I'm Teddy Cahill. Thanks for listening.